0: Welcome to the newest episode of Greenlight, which is the podcast put on by your favorites here at the LTW Group, where we talk about anything from creative loan products, busting myths in the industry,
1: or just
0: funny little asides that we hear about and think are worth mentioning. Anything and everything in between.
2: Hey, Corey Fields here with the LTW Group in my business casual Really, it's just casual for our market update. So today is actually December 4th, and so I'm going to talk about what's happened up until today in the mortgage bond market and what we're seeing going forward. All right, so we have seen nearly a full 1% improvement in rate from the worst levels that we saw around the 26th of October. So why is that? The big day that made the biggest difference was November 1st. We had a Federal Reserve meeting on that day, uh, and we also had a payroll report come out from ADP showing a lighter than expected jobs number, meaning less jobs are created than we expected, showing the economy is softening. And uh, when the economy begins to show signs of weakness, that then tells the market to believe that the Federal Reserve is hopefully done hiking and that they may even start cutting rates earlier in the next year than previously believed. November 1st, we have the ADP number and then we had the Fed meeting. And the Fed meeting largely consisted of Jerome Powell saying that he believed that policy or at least this was the market's perception, was that Powell believes policy is sufficiently restrictive, that rates are where they need to be. And he left the door open for cuts in the future. So beginning that day, we saw a huge improvement on that day, probably across the next three days, a quarter to three eighths in rate. So from many rates starting with an eight, down to 7.75, 7.625 in a lot of cases. So that actually creates a lot of problems for mortgage lenders. We're glad that rates are coming down and that things are becoming more affordable. But you can imagine if clients have rates that are locked in, they want to take advantage of those lower rates. Uh, There's no way to do that other than just to lose money as a mortgage lender however got through it we gave we did our best to to honor those requests for clients that were locked in and and proceed forward that way so now we've seen a nice steady downtrend from that point across the month of november to now we have finally broken a very important uh level which is the 200 day moving average that's a big word that may not mean a ton to most people but Think of an average of where mortgages, mortgage bonds have been over the last 200 days. That number moves around, right? When you get above that number, you're at a better level than the average for the last 200 days. And we have not been above that level really since May of this year. And we didn't spend long, early May, we were above it. We didn't spend long up above it. So we've now, we now have a couple days in a row. That we've stayed, second day now that we've stayed above that level, and it hopefully indicates that we have seen the worst of it and that rates are now uh, going to continue their March lower, probably in a slow fashion. I don't anticipate rates to fall dramatically into the sixes, into the low sixes anytime soon, although it could happen. What we're doing is we're just trying to stay vigilant with deals that we're quoting. So the one of the challenges for us in a market where rates are going down is you quote something on one day, somebody gets another quote two days later, rates are better, and they think that the next lender has a better rate. And that's not necessarily the case. We have to quote apples to apples. All in all, good news for the market. We have a big week coming up next week with more jobs information and the next Federal Reserve meeting to gauge how they're feeling about the economy. Um, from today on, the Federal Reserve board members are in a blackout period, so we're not going to be hearing from any of them up until the policy announcement next week. So fingers crossed that we're in a good pattern here, and we're going to continue to see rates improve on into 2024.
0: Today, I have Becky Price, my coworker and
1: Team Nate, who is (laughs) also uh, one of our awesome mortgage advisors. What should we talk about, Becky? Fairway just won a huge national award. You might have seen this pushed out in the media. Uh, We just won the J.D. Power & Associates Award for number one mortgage company for customer satisfaction, which is a really big deal. And we're really excited about it. Yeah, I think that something to highlight about that
0: is that the same company has won it for 14 years in a row and we kicked them out of first place. And I think that that really speaks to the fact that it's been a hard year. Uh, and if it has not been a hard year or a year that has forced you outside of your comfort zone, then um, that is awesome for you. <laughs> and I think that we can all agree that we've had to get creative. We'd have, we've had to push a little bit more. Okay. And so to um, get this award, any... Year such as this. Feels like a pretty
1: big deal. Um, yeah. I feel like we learned how to do more with less. Yeah,
0: that's true. Yep. And it's awesome. also really special to us because we brought Fairway to the Knoxville area specifically, but also East Tennessee, there weren't really any established branches here. No one really even knew who Fairway was. And so it's been a cool chance for us to highlight the fact that we have this support nationally and of so the strength of a national company but still this local hometown service um mm-hmm. and yeah just tie it all together and it mm-hmm. feel like it really mm-hmm. aligns with who we are. and then next up before i forget and something that a lot of our realtors are probably already aware of because i've talked to them about it or they have seen my goofy cheesy little video in their inbox at the beginning of every month is our nonprofit partnership program that we've implemented. We if you've been a partner or a client of the LTW group for any amount of time, um, but especially a few years ago in the pandemic when everything was going crazy and everyone was buying a house, everyone was refinancing, you know that one of our core values is giving back. And we used to do that in a way that was um uh, strictly monetary. Not strictly. We would we were hands on as well. But we mm-hmm. Now that has turned to pretty much more, we have, we've shifted our, our focus to be more hands on than being more like driven by donating time instead (laughs) of money. (laughs) Exactly. All that to say every month we send out an email to any realtor that we had the honor to close a loan with, whether they are on the seller side or the buyer side, you get your name thrown into a hat to get your name drawn to have us help you support your favorite nonprofit. And so what we do is we rally the troops and we set everything up into place for you to become the perfect advocate to give back in whatever way that nonprofit fit. And we're just there to be an additional in hand, essentially. If we get to close three lines with you that month, then your name gets put into the hat three times. If we've never worked with you before, and you're on the seller's side and you're like, I don't even know who the LTW group is, Congrats. You know, <laughs> still have a
1: healthier nonprofit of choice.
0: That's just true. And you're going to, you're going to hear from us. It's a pretty cool thing that has been inspiring people when we talk about it. Um, Cause some people have a nonprofit that they're super stoked about and others are like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to think of one because we're closing a deal together and I need to find something to care about. So that's been my favorite part Because when someone actually doesn't have anything, doesn't have a nonprofit that they love and then they aren't inspired. So, yep. anyways, that's all the fun stuff. <laughs> uh, we are talking about some mortgage related things today. And uh, I'm going to let Becky lead with what we're going to be talking about. So,
1: yeah, uh, today's topic is how we can help um, senior citizens in this market. I know I'm not alone in this demographic being a huge part of my book of business. Mm -hmm. I actually looked up some stats ahead of this talk, and over 30% of people living in Tennessee are aged over 55. Mm -hmm. And nationally, there was a poll done by Merrill Lynch asking asking people over the age of 60 whether they planned to move or if they have moved since retiring. And 64% of people said that they have either moved since retiring or they plan to. And it was about 50-50 between have already done it or plan to do it. Mm -hmm. so we know that these people are looking for houses so we need to be paying attention to them yeah. i feel like the the millennials and the gen z because they're entering the market are getting a lot of attention and they deserve it too <laughs> but then we talk all this time great. about the products that are out there for our first-time home buyers mm-hmm. i think we're all pretty familiar with those by now so i thought we'd take a little bit different approach and tell you about some products you might not have considered that can help uh, this group of people yes
0: let's start off by saying senior citizens I feel like I know some people in my life who fall into the technical category of a senior citizen who would be probably heartbroken to be titled as such. Um, but what defines a senior citizen in the mortgage guidelines and the mortgage mm-hmm. terms?
1: So what we're talking about today, the product we're talking about today, we're talking about folks who are 62 years old. Okay, cool. Got it. Mm-hmm. All right. And so, like,
0: why would it be important for our agents or any of our referral partners to be thinking about the senior demographic?
1: Because we know that there are a lot of them. It's 30 percent of the people who live in Tennessee. Yeah. And that's who lived in Tennessee as of the 2020 census. I think it's probably higher now. We know that this is a retirement destination. You're going to be talking to a lot of people who are they might be downsizing. Um, I'm not finding that quite as much um, because Most people are leaving the idea of downsizing behind because they're talking to a mortgage lender and their payment is higher in this new small house than it is in this big house that they can't really physically maintain. They don't want to maintain it anymore. But moving even to a smaller house might mean that their mortgage payment goes up. So a lot of them are scrapping the idea and they may have ghosted you as a realtor because they had a conversation with a lender and didn't really like what they heard. So this is, I think, a strategy that we can look at to help bring those people back into
0: the fold. Um, I agree. So what challenges would you say that this demographic is running into?
1: Also, of course, we know for a traditional mortgage, rates are probably higher than they were when these people bought the house that they're currently in, if Mm -hmm. they're not, if they own their house right now. But a big thing is that a lot of people retire and they go to into a situation where they are on fixed income so we're talking social security which is going to be for most people capped out at three thousand a month they might have hopefully there's two people receiving social security but not always if there's a pension or anything like that's great but and it might have been a really livable amount of money 10 years ago but it's not getting them very far right now so the short answer is that they're a fixed income person's income is not keeping up with inflation. Yeah. yeah. Or I talked to someone the other day who was his opening line when he called was, I want to quit my job, but I don't think you're going to tell me that I can. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> sir. That is unfortunately not how this works. <laughs> I'd be you, And that's what we're going to get to. Yeah. Okay. Right, OK, so in, the, in the, the traditional forward mortgage world. Mm -hmm. Um, debt to income is going to determine how much someone can buy. And debt to income is a big challenge for retired people right now because the uh, cost of living adjustments they're getting on a fixed income is not in any way, shape, or form keeping up with inflation in the housing market. So
0: very true. Very true.
1: So what do
0: you suggest then?
1: (laughs) Um, A lot of people are probably figuring out where I'm going with this. And please bear with me because I'm going to say some words that maybe um, some loaded terms are going to be said. um, It's okay. If you say words that... Most people won't understand. I promise <laughs> to stop you and ask what they we because I likely don't know what they are. At all. So, you may have figured out that we're about to launch into talking about reverse mortgages. And that is a really loaded term for a lot of people. I know a lot of folks, including myself, before I got trained up on them, just stopped listening the second they heard the word reverse mortgage. Mm-hmm. So they have a bad rap. But we're going to unpack some myths mm-hmm. today and talk yeah. about how it can actually be used to help realtors and their clients. And so one thing I'll start out by saying is that I think most people think of a reverse mortgage. I've had people repeat this back to me, and this is not what it is, but this is what I know people think it is. It's a way for people to use their house as a credit card. I think it's often seen as a a last resort for people who aren't able to live off of their fixed income and they tap into their equity to do that. So Of course, a reverse mortgage is used to tap into the equity. What you might not know is that reverse mortgages can be used for purchase deals. They are not just for refinances. And that's what we're going to talk a little bit more about today.
0: Yeah, that's like actually what I was about to ask was like when I hear reverse mortgages, I think of it because I know a little bit about it. I think of it as a type of refinance. So why should an agent care about this? Because if it's if it's refinanced, then they're out of the picture. So why why shouldn't agent care about something like this? A product like a reverse mortgage.
1: So yeah, you can use a reverse mortgage for a purchase. And Fairway is actually the number two lender in the country by volume for nice. you call it you'll hear it called Heckum for Purchase mm-hmm. and H E C M. Yeah. Heckum equity HECM. Conversion mortgage. That is and if you hear someone call it a heckum, that means we are talking about the mm-hmm. highly regulated FHA product. So this is not some sketchy fly by night thing. This is uh, one of the most regulated loan products I have ever encountered. Yeah. Uh, it is an FHA loan. Just to do a quick little bit mm-hmm. of myth busting, mm-hmm. they
0: like FHA tied up a bunch of loose ends and rewrote a bunch of the guidelines to make this a safer, more secure product. That's so in the nineties. Back in the nineties. Okay, cool. Just wanted to throw yeah, that thank out there. You. Yes, you're welcome. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, so I, I know that th-
1: happened. I don't know what all those details are, but I can have heard that, <laughs> and we will <laughs> bore them with for you with them yeah, today. Yeah. Um, but this FJ ha has really doubled down on the reverse mortgage product because the writing's on the wall. We have a huge and growing amount of retirees in this country. Their retirement savings are all tied up in their homes. It's all home equity. It's twelve trillion dollars. I think was the last estimate I read on how much home equity this group of people has. And as we know, the cost of everything is going up. And so the government really saw how are these folks going to live? How can we help them attain their goal of staying in their home or having a home that uh, they're not renting? And so that's where this product comes into play. So you'll hear this when we talk about using a reverse mortgage for purchase. Again, you'll hear it called a HECM for purchase or an H4P. That's new. I did not yeah. Hear that. Yeah, okay. 4 p Learning something new every day. Yep. And so this would be for your folks who are selling a home who, that they have a lot of equity in. And I'll start out by saying in order to use a reverse mortgage for a purchase, they're going to need to put probably at least 50% down. Exactly how much they put down is going to be a function of how old they are. So the older you are, the less money you need to put down, the more money you're going to have access to. And of course, what the credit score is. Or I'm sorry, what the interest rate is. So it's a big old table Mm -hmm. uh, interest rate versus the youngest borrower's age. Okay, so remember, they have to be 62. So if you have someone who wants to downsize and they've talked to a mortgage lender about doing things the old fashioned way, selling their house or God forbid they can't have a contingency and we're trying to qualify them for two mortgage payments, but they have a fixed income. We know that's not going to work, right? This would likely be a situation where they'd be contingent on selling. And they'd be able to put their net proceeds towards, as a down payment, just like any other deal that you're used to working with. The difference would be that there is no mortgage payment. So they would be putting half down. The other half would be going into a reverse mortgage. And the big headline with the reverse mortgage is there is no mortgage payment. The only thing that the buyer would be obligated to pay would be their taxes, insurance, and HOA dues if they have them for the life of the loan. So this is there is no debt to income ratio. There's no minimum credit score. So think about all of the times we've talked to you about a client of yours who we couldn't approve for one of those reasons. Mm. So you can imagine this really opens up a huge amount of deals that we're probably not going to be able to be put together. Can and I, I
0: ask a couple of questions
1: because I feel like maybe I need even a little bit more clarification. Sure.
0: So let's say that. Mammal owns a home that is worth we'll call it five hundred thousand dollars now and she is looking to downsize. So So once she sells she mm -hmm. basically takes that equity like the net proceeds from the sale of her home Mm -hmm. puts it into her new house which is going to supply Mm -hmm. her new reverse mortgage which Mm -hmm. is that she's going to be getting back instead of paying into, correct? So let's say yeah. this
1: person um owes nothing on their house. Um but the house is too big for them to maintain and it just doesn't make sense for them anymore like mm-hmm. the master bedroom's on the top floor. It's nowhere near their family and so they want something more manageable. They know that they don't have or they don't have a mortgage, so they're going to get $500,000, say. And say mm-hmm. the new house they're looking for cost $400,000, but this person has no savings. Mm-hmm. So they could put their $400,000 in net proceeds into this new house. And then maybe $100,000 in cash is not enough for them to live off of anymore. She's got, again, no savings. So that might get her by for a few years. It might feel like a workable solution at the time. But I would encourage someone like this to look into a reverse mortgage because they could put if they're buying a house for $400, they could put $200 into the house, have $200,000 left to live off of. They would still not have a mortgage payment. So there's no debt to income concerns, no cash flow concerns for this person. She just needs to be able to pay the taxes and the insurance. And then the nice thing about it, not only does she still have, does she get to retain that cash that she otherwise wouldn't have had if she had bought her new house in cash. First, more. the most common way to structure a reverse mortgage is the line of credit model. She's actually going to have a line of credit that grows over time. Just off-the-cuff calculations, again, it's all going to be based on how old they are. But if they put $200,000 dollars down, they would be starting out with about with a kind of a small line of credit, but it's going to grow over time at the same rate of interest that they're being charged. So while their balance does increase over time on a reverse mortgage, so does the line of credit. And so keeping up with each other on those. Yep, We so can maybe throw some graphics up over time yeah. how this could. Yeah. But you, if you choose the line of credit model for a reverse mortgage, which most people do because it is the, the lowest interest rate and it allows you the access to the most funds, she will, this client would have access to money for things like repairs on her new
0: house, yeah.
1: uh, cool. unaccepted medical expenses. Of course, that's a big one for this demographic. It's freeing up their savings. It's freeing up monthly cash flow because they are not required to make any sort of monthly payment. They can, by the way, if they want to, but there's no requirement. And the only way that this person would lose their home would be if they do not pay the taxes and the insurance yeah. or if they move out of it. So what yeah. happens
0: if I know that they are also gaining interest on the cash that they have on the equity that they put in the home, correct?
1: Yeah, it's a line of credit. Yeah, it over time. Okay. Like, I
0: guess my question is, what happens if they run out of that money, if they run out of the equity in their home?
1: Is that unlikely at that age or is that a risk? What happens at that point? This is a big part of what FHA or why we are happy FHA is involved. an this product is a non-recourse loan, meaning that if the loan balance goes higher than what the home is worth, that is not a problem. The borrower gets to stay in their home unless they stop paying those taxes or their insurance. And a lot of people worry that the heirs are going to be stuck with the bill when oh, the yeah. borrower passes away. But that's not the case at all. This house, say, the balance was $600,000 somehow, and it was valued at four hundred dollars when the client passed away. The heirs, if they wanted the house, could purchase it for 95% of the appraised value. Yeah,
0: which is pretty cool.
1: Mm-hmm. They get first right to purchase. Yep, yep. A lot of seniors are concerned that this is a way that their heirs will not inherit a house, and I've heard a lot of financial advisors talk about this. The first question that these people should be asking is, "Do your kids want your house?" Because apparently, it's less common than people think. But of course, they can inherit it and sell it and get the net proceeds. Um, So they're just going to be selling it for the appraised value. That's what they turn around and do. So no problem if the Uh, Loan balance is higher. Yeah.
0: And also, I mean, taking the emotions out of this, I know that's a tricky decision to make, but I would think that even if you were excited about having this like piece of equity uh, whenever your loved one passes away, that that's not really what you're wanting to think about, but it's probably, you're going to be either paying for them to live or be taken care of in such a way, or you can either
1: have the house, have them have the house that they're comfortable living in Mm -hmm. and get to. And have a good quality of life, have access to the money to take care of their needs and go on trips and not have to worry about stretching a small amount of savings and a fixed income for an indefinite amount. So it's actually a really good tool, I think, to create security for people.
0: Dare I say, even if you don't have clients who are in this position, If you have parents out there who are in this position Mm -hmm. or will be in this position at some point and you're listening to Mm -hmm. this, I think it's a conversation to start having now Mm -hmm. because it can be a really great thing to a really great tool to prepare for and set you up for success in the long run. That Mm -hmm. gets either it's either people don't know about it or it gets looked over because of a bad reputation.
1: Yeah. And so if you have clients who seem to be stuck by like the golden handcuffs, like they have no mortgage. They bought their house at a price that they just can't let go of they're like, "I just can't enter this market, and I don't know how I would come up with the money to buy like that perfect house that's just down the street from my kids and my grandkids. Yeah. if they've just talked to a regular mortgage lender they were they might have been told they could buy two hundred or three hundred thousand dollars worth of house, and it's just not what they want or what they need so this is a way to get them into those higher price points and get them in a really secure position,
0: so what you're saying is This program almost allows them to qualify for a little bit more than if they were to do the traditional sell your house, buy a new house. They qualify Mm -hmm.
1: for more home for.
0: for Absolutely, because there's
1: no debt to income Mm -hmm. calculation, which is how we typically find our cap on what somebody can buy. Yeah, that's a really big deal. That's a huge deal. Um, And that's something that I actually. And they're not going to have a payment. Yeah, that's like the thing to drive home there. Um, So we know that payment is what is stopping people from moving forward. Right. Yeah. So I think we have a long way to go in overcoming a lot of the misconceptions around this product. But I think it is inevitable that we are all going to see it more. Because, again, we know what the demographics are telling us about the size of our population that is 55 or older. Mm -hmm. Again, they have to be 62 to tap into this product, but I'm just thinking a little bit further down the road. Mm -hmm. And we know that these people's all of their wealth in a lot of cases is tied up in the equity of their home. Yeah. So it may take some doing to get people on board, but I do think it's going to be something we are all seeing a lot more of yeah. in the coming years.
0: Yeah, I agree.
1: And not a lot of people, luckily, do carry this product. That's just one of the other ways we're leading the way. So again, <laughs> you, I I was yeah, say that. you <laughs> yep. stole it right yep. on fairway. Again, we have really doubled down on the reverse side of things. We have a a whole different department, and again, we are number two in the country. Yeah.
0: Which, of course, I feel like this goes without saying. We do the traditional reverse refinance too, but mm-hmm. uh, I think this is just one more creative mm-hmm. solution to help give back to and add value to our realtors to people who this can actually really benefit and I don't know imagine being one of the first of all of your realtor friends to discover (laughs) a product like this and help a family out Mm -hmm. and get to say oh I know about that I I did one of these and it Mm -hmm. was a really beautiful thing to connect nana back with her kids and grandkids i just think that's really cool because obviously we do mortgages but at the end of the day when you're affecting people's lives and i think that Mm -hmm. it's important to dig into some of these more creative products yeah
1: and yes it is um really um uh, i'd say it is most common to do um this in the refi model um i've got someone i'm working with right now who is on a fixed income she uh, was able to sell her last house and buy this new one in cash um, and she took out a HELOC back when rates were low. But as we all know, HELOCs have variable rates. So now she, when she called me, she had a payment that was half of her income on a HELOC that's maxed out. It's starting to hurt a credit because it's maxed out. Mm-hmm. And so we are just we're using the reverse mortgage to get rid of that payment completely. Mm-hmm. And she's going to have more mo- access to more money, whereas the HELOC was never going to give her access to any more cash flow. And it was just, it's just a payment that was going to vary month to month. So that was not a good situation for her to be in. And so this isn't a good example of when you have that person who is buying in cash. And if they say something like, I'll just get a HELOC later, i would <laughs> advise it because now she's paying for two loans, right? right? She paid for the HELOC. Now she's paying for this. But she would have, I think we can all agree, been in a better off had she just, she could have used the heckam for purchase or she could have bought and then gotten the a Heckam instead of a HELOC, mm-hmm. and would have saved her a lot of money on interest. And she's struggled to make ends meet since that HELOC payment went up. Yeah, so yeah. it feels really good to get her out of that situation. Yeah, that's like a
0: huge. That's a huge win. Mm-hmm. That's a big victory, and honestly, it's going to change your life, especially and at that, that age, age too. I think that this probably goes without saying, and just like anything else, it's our only goal is is to let you guys know that this exists. Not to know everything about it. This conversation probably felt maybe a little bit in the weeds at at parts. At (laughs) parts, drinking from a fire hose, and that's not our intention at all. But I think I just want to reiterate that it's only important that you know that this exists, and that you feel like you can just mention it super high level and send people to Becky or our team so that we can have that conversation with them. Mm -hmm. And if it's a fit, it's a fit, and we will make sure that that it actually is going to be in everyone's best interest to do but by no means do you need to understand the ins and outs of this product in order to recommend it suggest it mention it about it totally our job and
1: yeah Yeah. if you want to be on the lookout for it the things you're looking for are being aged over 62 and having a lot of home equity and so you may not even need to deal with it directly like in the case of that borrower i just talked about just before they go get before they pay cash and get a HELOC it might just be something that can trigger in your brain like maybe there's a better way for you to do this, a cheaper way for you to do this that's going to give you access to more cash and take up less of your monthly income in payments. So of course, call us too if you want to learn more about it. I know we did jump all over the place. There's Definitely. so much to, it's so different from what we normally do that there's just a lot to go.
0: Yeah, that's very true. Yeah. This is going to be a regular thing of ours. So I hope that you continue to tune in and continue to. <laughs> follow us on spotify was there anything else that you wanted to add that key before we bid adieu to all of our friends
1: no i don't think so just feel free to reach out to us if you have someone if you want to talk to us before you even mention this to your borrower or your buyer i totally understand i like to know everything even if i'm just even if no one's requiring that of me i like to know the details yes. if you're like that too and you want to know a little bit more before floating it to your borrowers? Happy to talk to you through it. Love that. Mm-hmm. One last thing just love to remind everybody
0: that we do have our after hours line. So if you have anybody that is needing an updated pre approval or any new referrals that need to get taken care of on a night or weekend, mm-hmm. we are here for you. We always have a loan officer on call. Thanks, yes, guys. Absolutely. Thank you.